This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzi is brought to you by God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this message. Amen. Well, brethren, I want to share with you today on the subject that we started last week, the series that we started, that you are safe in the hands of God. You know, that we are safe in the hands of God. Now, today I want us to look at the story of the children of Israel. Today I want us to look at, uh, and, and we find lesson from the children of Israel, how God took care of them and how God protected them when they left Egypt and they, are, they were on their way to the promised land, to Canaan, that God took care of them, you know, that they were in the hands of God. And that is a lesson I believe unto all of us that we need to know that we are safe in the hands of God. And so even as we receive this word this morning, I believe that this will encourage you. So if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 29. And we're going to read verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 5. Now God says, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. Yeah. And your sandals have not worn off your feet. Yeah. Can you imagine the miracle that happened here? God said to them, to this younger generation, that I fled you for 40 years. You know, and throughout all these 40 years, your clothes never worn out on you. Yeah, that uh, whatever clothes that they were heavy, never grew up, never worn out. They, they, they were never torn. They were never uh, destroyed. Uh, they never aged. And not only that, but also they grew with them. Yeah. And uh, that's what happened. It says that your sandals have not worn off your feet. We know that when we wear our shoes after some time, you have to take them to shoe repair. You know, that is if they're repairable and they put sole underneath, you know, they refurbish them and they strengthen where they might have been uh, tearing off and, and so forth. But God says that their sandals were not worn off their feet. You know, that their sandals were always there for them. So we see here that... Uh, during and throughout all the years, the 40 years that they were in the wilderness, that God carried them by his hand. Yeah, and this is the same God who is alive even today, who will carry us in his hand. Yeah, God provided for them food and clothed them. It is amazing that God kept the children of Israel in the wilderness even though they were in rebellion against him. You know, you remember that they rebelled against God. You know, we'll talk more about it as we continue. God provided food, water, clothing, while 
waiting for the older generation to die. Yeah, that uh, the older generation rebelled against God. And when God said to them that go and enter into the land, they went out and spied the land. You know, they went about checking out the land. And when they came back, they said, uh, true, the land flows with milk and honey, but there are giants in the land. We can't go in. We can't possess the land. We can't, when God says he has given us the land, but when we look at it with our natural eyes, we see that it is impossible because uh, there are giants in the land. There are difficult situations ahead of us. And so they literally came and opposed God. When God said that I've given you the land, they said that the giants are there. They are going to destroy us. Yeah. And so they were rebelling against the word of God. Yeah. But God provided for them. You know, God kept them. And God said to them that all of you, 40 years and older, who went out to spy out the land, you're going to die. And your children, whom you say that they are the one that are going to be victims, to fall victims to uh, the, the attacks of the land, you know, they are the one that they are going to possess the land. You know? And uh, so God said that, but all of you, in all of you 20 years and above, you're going to die in the wilderness. You know, so for every day that you spend spying out the land, I'm giving you one year. You were in the land spying out for 40 days. So I'm giving you 40 years. 40 years you're going to wander about in the wilderness and then you're going to die. You know, can you imagine? Well, the historians tell us that there were about 3 million adults, uh, you know, and, and can you imagine 3 million, 40 years? I mean, it's when you calculate, it's like death is just happening just like that. You know, people are we're dying just like that. You know? And so God said, you know, that, uh, you know, remember when he read uh, uh, what we read here, God says here, I have led you for 40 years in the wilderness. You know, wait, who was he talking to? Remember, when Deuteronomy was written, Deuteronomy is talking about the reminder you know, that Moses told the children of Israel the laws. He shared with them right at the beginning that this is uh, what God says. And so just before they enter into the promised land, at the end of 40 years, now God gives him to write Deuteronomy, you know, to remind them. And so this uh, here, we see here that uh, this Deuteronomy was addressing the young generation, you know, those who have survived. You know. And so, uh, so he says here that, I have, I've kept you, you know, and he kept them while their parents were dying all around them. You know, some of their parents probably died because of old age, 
But majority of them died because of rebellion and because of unbelief. Yeah, they died because of rebellion and because of unbelief. They did not believe the word of God. Let me tell you, when we don't believe the word of God, we put ourselves into danger. When we rebel against the word of God, we put ourselves into danger. And so we need to believe the word of God. We need to accept the word of God. We need to do the word of God. You know, for anything, for whatever, never ever uh, rebel against the word of God. Let us never ever rebel against the word of God. And so these people refused to enter the promised land God gave them. Now in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8 to verse 11, listen to what the writer of the book of Hebrews says. He says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now, this is the New Testament. And so he's reminding the Christians in the New Testament that they should look back at what happened in the Old Testament, what happened to the children of Israel. And so he says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So you see that those people in the Old Testament, the Israelites were in rebellion. Yeah, so here, uh, the Bible says, do not harden your heart as in rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to, to the test and saw my works for 40 years. It says, your fathers put me to test. They saw my works for 40 years. And so don't rebel just like they did. <clears throat> And verse 10 says, therefore, I was provoked with this generation, with that generation, and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my way. And so he says here that, you know, these people, they, they always go astray. They have not known my ways. They have not figured out how I operate. That when I say let's do this, they, uh, that they should do them. You know? And it says, as I saw in my wrath, God was angry at that time. And he says, I saw in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Yeah, and we know that they did not enter God's rest. And so Deuteronomy is written to their children who obeyed God. You know, they obeyed God. Now, the only male adults that were remaining and were surviving or uh, uh, who survived were Joshua and Caleb because they believed God and they obeyed God. Yeah, because they trusted the word of God. When God said that go and possess the land, they said we will go out there and possess the land. And so this is a lesson to all of us yeah, that uh, the majority is not always correct. You know, when people are saying, oh, it's going to be difficult, or oh, this thing, you know, saving God, it's, it's not possible, you know, we should not serve God, and, and then people are discouraging, you know, and they're living a wild life, and uh, they're just into parties, they say, oh, when I'm you are in old age, and you know, now we are enjoying life. We are doing all of this. And, 
you know, and they are uh, doing a lot of things and, and, and you go about, you know, on Sunday, you see people are full at the malls, they are uh, everywhere at the parks and, you know, but when you come to churches that you realize that they are not there. Now, the majority, you know, it's not always right. It's not always correct. Joshua and Caleb believed God and they obeyed God even when the majority were rebelling against God. Yeah. So let us always follow, obey, and love God. Yeah, that we need to determine in our hearts that I need to follow God, I need to obey God, and I need to love God with all of my heart. Yeah. So let's now go to Deuteronomy 8. And we're going to read from verse 1. And let's look at what God says here. And which will be a lesson to all of us. Now, Deuteronomy 8 verse 1 says, The whole commandment that I commanded you today, you shall be careful to do. Yeah. So he says here to this young generation, the whole commandment, you know, everything, every law, every a part of the weight that I have given you, you shall be careful to do it, you know, that you may live and multiply. See, when we do the word of God, we live and we multiply. Say this with me. When I do the word of God, I live and I multiply. Amen. Yeah. So when we live, the, when we do the word, we will live. Now, if that was not so, then God would not have told them that. You know, but the fact that he told them that, it means that definitely we will live and multiply when we obey the word of the Lord. Yeah. And he says that, and you will go in and possess the land that the Lord sought to give to your fathers. Your promises, uh, inheritance of God, will come upon you, you will receive the inheritance of God because you obey the word of God, because you do the word of God. Yeah. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. You shall remember the whole way, you know, you shall remember what happened along the way right from the beginning up until the end, that God led you, that God protected you, that God kept you, that God sustained you. You'll remember every little thing that God did for you, you know, that uh, throughout God was there for you in the wilderness. And he says that you remember that he did that, that he might humble you. Yeah. And testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Yeah. And so God is saying that, remember, your parents died in the wilderness because of disobedience. Yeah. And then I had to go the long route of spending all these years, you know, going round the mountains for 40 years to test you also, you know, whether to see if you will be serving God 
or if you will be living for God. Yeah. And he says here in verse 3, and he humbled you. The Lord humbled you and let you hunger. You know, but in your hunger, he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man does not live by bread alone. You know, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We know that this word was confirmed by Jesus. So God says here that, uh, you know, that I fed you manna. And the reason why I gave you manna is that you should depend upon me. You see, God could have maybe brought them grocery for the whole year. Maybe once a year or once a month. But God said that every day you will wake up, you know, before the sun hits up the ground, you will go out there, there will be food, take it, you know, and uh, take it to your house to go and cook, bake, boil, however way you want it, and you shall eat. And every morning they had to do it. And God said that, don't leave it for the next day. And we know that there were those that, you know, uh, hard-hearted, you know, and hard-headed. And they say, ah, you know, now we will go. We will go and, and we will, rem I mean, tomorrow. Tomorrow I want to sleep till late. So I don't want to wake up early in the morning. And so I'm just going to pick up some more today and then at least tomorrow I'll have, you know, leftovers. And so what happened? In the morning, the next morning, they realized that those leftovers were rotten, you know, that there were worms in there. And God said, but I told you, yeah, and that you should not do that. And so God did that to instill in them a practice of depending upon him and relying on him for every little thing you know, that uh, they should not just take from God, go away, forget about God, you know, but they needed to trust God, to believe God for every day that God, I'm depending upon you. Now, isn't that a lesson to us today that we should be depending upon God every single day? You know, when you wake up, uh, you thank God. God, I thank you for the air that I breathe today. I thank you for the strength that you have given me to be alive today. I thank you for the light that you have given me. I thank you that my body is well. It's by your grace. Every day we need to be doing to appreciate and to show that God will live by your weight. We don't live by the bread you know, uh, that we have. Yeah. And so, God was showing them that. And God said to them that on the sixth day, you shall take more, even for tomorrow, because tomorrow there's not going to be any manna. Yeah. And isn't it amazing that the manna that got spoiled uh, when it was left overnight, but on the sixth day, it was kept fresh. You know, that it was never spoiled. It was fresh, it was still great. And then when they went out, there was no man. That's a miracle of God. Yeah. And uh, that is saying to us, children of God, that 
You know, when we depend upon the word of the Lord, the word will produce manna. It will produce water. It will produce provision. You know, we are living in the days whereby your food will just extend. Just like Jesus multiplied food. You know, that food will uh, just multiply. And you, your grocery will... I mean, I believe in those miracles. You know, I believe that uh, uh, those are the miracles that we're living in. Where your fuel will take you longer. You know, I believe that we're coming into that. And so we are to learn to practice you know, and to do the word of God and to trust God, you know, to believe in God and say, God, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe in what you're saying and the Lord will do that. So God says that I fed you with manna, which you did not know. You know and that you may know that men shall not live by bread alone, but what you have or the cows that they had, the sheep that they had the, you know, goats that they had, the chicken uh, that they had, or pigeon, uh, pigeons that they had, that God was saying, you shall not live by that alone, but I will provide for you. You know, that as long as you depend upon my weight, what I say, and you do what I say, I will look after you. Let me tell you that uh, we should not depend upon any other thing. But our trust must be in God, you know, that we need to depend upon the Lord. Yeah. And that was not the end. Verse 4 says, your clothing in your heart, uh, your clothing did not wear out on you, and your food did not swell these 40 years. Wow, it's amazing yeah, that their clothing did not wear out on them. Yeah, that they grew with their clothes and then their, their uh, feet did not swell these 40 years, meaning that uh, they, they did not outgrow their shoes. That's what it means. They did not outgrow their shoes. Uh, that as they grew, their shoes also increased. Yeah, and there was no time whereby or any moment whereby their shoes could not feed them. Yeah, that is the miracle of God. Yeah, that God can do that. I believe that. And you know, the more I read this, is the more I'm so excited about, about the word of God, is the more I am happy you know, that God is and will, and God will still do miracles, you know, even today. Those uh, miracles that we can think we can't think of yeah we can't imagine those that we read about in the bible and we're thinking that those miracles are done are finished you know god is saying it's not they're not finished you know miracles are still there are still effective and so he says here that their their food their feet did not swell these 40 years he says know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord God, disciplines you. Yeah, he says that I am giving you this instruction because I love you. I am disciplining you. That you should be disciplined to follow my instruction. So God provided for his children food in the wilderness. He gave them water from the rock. He provided shade from the sun, 
Remember there was a cloud during the day. He provided warmth at night. There was a pillar of fire at night. They were safe in the hands of God. Then uh, God then is telling this young generation that what will keep you safe even as they enter into a hostile, what will keep them safe as they enter into hostile environment is their obedience to him and to his way. Yeah. He's saying that, uh, remember, I looked after you. I took care of you. Yeah. And you're about to enter into the land that is hostile. The land that people won't give in easy. They would want to fight you. You know, but when you 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 obey me, when you you follow my instruction, all will be well with you. You know, that is why I'm so excited about the evening service, you know, the evening message, the series that we are in, about the importance of hearing from God. It is so so important and so good. And so don't miss tonight, even as we share more on the importance of hearing from God. And so he says that, to, he tells them that the only thing that will keep you safe is your obedience to him. Obey God, you know, obey God. And so even today, you know, what will keep us safe is the obedience to the Lord. You know, what will keep us strong is the obedience to his way. It's when we obey God, you know, that God will, will keep us. And so he says here in verse 6, So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. Yeah, so he gives them advice here. He says here that, therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord, you know, by walking in the ways of the Lord and by fearing him. You will fear God. You will walk in his commandments. You see, coronavirus has shown us that we are very fragile. You know, it has shown us that we are brittle. We are flimsy. We are frail. Yeah, that uh, we think that we are strong only to find that we are not strong. Yeah, it has shown us that, and you know, it has shown us that anything can disappear in a moment. Yeah, that whatever you are trusting, whatever you are relying on, can disappear in a moment. And so, the only thing that will keep us going, that will keep us strong, that will keep us living, is when we serve God. You know, when we serve God. Our protection is in doing the will of God. You see, when we do the will of God, we, God will protect us. And so that is why we are talking about that we are saved in the hands of God. We are saved right when we do the will and the plan of God in our lives. Our protection is in obeying God, you know. It's in doing his will. He will protect you. He will take care of you as you do and you walk in his ways. Our provision is in doing the will of God. God will provide for us. Even as we do his will, you know, as we walk in his path, God will protect us. He will be there for you. He will keep you. 
You know, we should not stop doing the will of God. And so that is why in verse 6, God told them, so you shall keep the commandment of the Lord. He says, so, in other words, because of this, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, by walking in his ways and by fearing him. You see, people don't fear God. Yeah, people just take God casual. Yeah, people don't respect what God has said in his way. Yeah, people do as they wish. They think that they will get away with it. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't. You know, the only thing that will keep us safe, the only thing that will keep us strong and doing well, it's when we do the will and the plan of God. You know, that is very much important. And so God tells us now in verse 7, he says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. You see, God has got good plans for us. Yeah. Yes, it is good land. Yes, there are uh, giants in the land, but it's a good land. You know, God is saying, look at the positive. You know that as long as you're serving me, you, know, you, you will only, you will, you will experience the goodness, even when there is danger. You know, when there are giants out there, you will still experience the goodness of the Lord. You know, it says the, uh, the Lord your God is bringing you uh, into a good land, a land of brooks of waters, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills. It says that's the land I'm bringing you into, a land of wheat and barley, yeah. a land of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, you know, a land of olive trees, olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. You know, you will eat bread without scarcity. You know, when you follow God, God will provide for you. You will eat bread without scarcity. You know, that you will enjoy the goodness of God. You know, you will enjoy uh, the provision of God in your life. You will eat bread without scarcity. This must be what you believe. That God, I believe that as I serve you, I will eat bread without scarcity. You know, he says, in which you will lack nothing. He says, I'm taking you into a land whereby you won't lack anything. You know, anything means anything. Meaning that nothing, nothing missing. You won't lack anything. Yeah. And a land whose stones are iron. Yeah. We know that iron uh, was very much important because it was used for uh, making tools, you know, plows and uh, plow heads and, you know, making swords. And, you know, uh, it, it was a good uh, material, just like even today is still good and it's still important. So God says that stones will be iron. You don't have to dig very deep to get this iron. It will just be there, you know, and you will be able to make fire and get the material, uh, the, you know, the iron out of that stone, you know, and, and you will be able to do well and make whatever you want. And he says, out of whose hills you can dig copper? 
Now you will have copper, you know, out of those hills that I'm leading you. And you shall eat and be full. That's, that's the provision of God. Yeah. Now, don't you see that God is good? And he says that you shall eat and you shall be full. You, know, you will be in plenty. You shall bless the Lord. And after you're full, he says, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And he says, I'm giving you advice. You will bless the Lord. See, when you enjoy the goodness of God, bless the Lord. You know, and that acknowledge God and uh, say that God is your provision. You know, it is you who has given me this land. And then he says here in verse 11, take care. Take care. Be very careful. Lest you forget the Lord your God. You know, he says that you're going to enjoy good life. It's going to be great. But there is temptation in that. And you need to be very careful of that temptation. Is that uh, it says, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. It says, when you, are, you have eaten and you're full, be careful that you don't forget the Lord. You know, I've seen people who are without a job. You know, they would be struggling and they would come to you and say, Pastor, please pray for me. You know, I need a job. You pray for them. They get a job, you know, or maybe they start their business and they start to do well. And then as they do well, what happens? You start to see them drifting away from God, you know, by things like that job. Now it's more important than coming to church. You know, on Sunday, instead of coming to church, they would be going to their job. Look here, you can reschedule, reschedule your appointments. You know, you can reschedule your appointments. Uh, that is why we're having evening services also. Uh, that you tell such people and, and, and you go to them and say, oh, okay, I understand you've gone to a job in the morning, but why don't you come in the evening? No, pastor was tired. No, this and that. And then you realize that they forget the Lord. And so this thing does not start today. It was there then. Yeah. And so God warned them of that. He says that when you are doing well, don't forget the Lord, your God. You know, and some of them forget even about tithing. You know, forget about supporting the work of God. Forget about... Uh, you know, being there for the work of God because they're enjoying good life. Instead of supporting the work of God, they will be doing this for themselves, doing that for themselves, you know, and, and many other things. And then it's like God, it's secondary, you know, maybe even tertiary. Forget about secondary. It's somewhere in the background. Yeah. And so God says, I warn you that don't go that root, you know, that don't forget the Lord your God, you know, and how, how, how are we forgetting the Lord our God? He says, by not keeping his commandments, by not doing his will, his way, you know, keeping his rules and keeping his statutes. And he says that that's how, that's what will make us forget 
the, the Lord. So he says, don't forget the Lord. And, and he says, this is what will happen when we forget the Lord. We're talking about that we are safe in the hands of God. So all other things here are showing us that, you know, they are like saying we are getting out of the will and the plan of God. You know, we are getting out of the hand of God. So God says here, don't get out of my hand. Stay in my hand. You know, stay within uh, my, my, my hand. You know, it says, less when you have eaten, you know, and you are full and have built good houses you know, and live in them. And when your heads and your flocks multiply, your silver and gold, it's multiplied. And all that you have, it's multiplied. He says, you know, less when you see abundance. You know, things have multiplied. Your animals have multiplied. You know, your, your houses, your, you've built beautiful houses and you are, you've moved in, you're living in them. And inside, it's all great things. You know, at, uh, at you know the top of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean the scale is high. Everything is beautiful. You know, you press a button, or even you know you don't even press a button when you show up. The door just opens. Life just you know, and you're enjoying that life. You know, not that it's something wrong with that life, but he says that. Don't don't make sure that when you are in that kind of life, then you say, you know what, I have arrived. I no longer need God. You know, I no longer to, I, I no longer need to serve God. And so God is warning them that lest you are in there and everything about you have multiplied, then your heart be lifted up. You see, the problem is the heart. You know, the heart being lifted up. And you forget the Lord. You, know, you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You forget where you're coming from. You know, you forget the Lord who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. You know, that there were, there were wild animals out there that wanted to kill you, to destroy you. you know, but God kept you. God protected you. God saved you from those animals. You know, there were places whereby you could have died. You know, the sun could have scorched you to death. You know, you could have had sunstroke, you know, but God provided the cloud over your head. He says that don't forget where you're coming from. You know, don't forget the Lord who brought you. Uh, through, who led you through this terrifying wilderness with these fiery uh, serpents, you know, uh, snakes that are very dangerous, and scorpions, you know, that were there. I mean, they were wearing sandals. Eh? Yeah, so it was easy for them that uh, they, as they stepped, they would step on scorpion and it would sting them and they would immediately die. It was easy. For them, but God kept them, you know. God kept them in the midst of danger. Now, this is showing that God will keep us 
also in the midst of danger. Yeah, but the most important thing is that we should serve him. You know, we should live for him. You know, we should be dedicated to him. And he says that, don't forget where I've brought you, where I led you, you know, right there. And on the thirsty ground where there was no water, you know, and don't forget who brought you water out of the flinty rock you know, that I did that. Don't forget that God says, don't forget that, you know, God who fed you in the wilderness with manna, verse 16, that your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do your good, to do you good in the end. You know, that at the end of the day, you will be blessed. Don't forget that. Beware, lest you say in your heart. You know, it says that be very careful because you might say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You know, my connections, my salary, my business, my inheritance, you know, my uh, whatever has brought me this wealth. You know, and it says that that is a temptation. Uh, look here, had it not been of the Lord, we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah. So we should not forget where God has brought us into. It says in verse 18, you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get well that he may confirm his covenant that he saw to your fathers as it is this day. He says, you need to remember the Lord your God. It is God who brought you into this land. It is God who kept you. It is God who sustained you. It is God who protected you. It is God who has been there for you. You shall remember the Lord your God, you know, and he has given you this word so that he can confirm his covenant. That God has his covenant with you. And so don't forget the covenant that he has with you. And the covenant, the covenant that says, God, you know, you're my covenant partner. The covenant that says where God says that you shall be my people, I will be your God. So your responsibility is to allow God to be your God. His responsibility is to make you his people, you know, and making you his people means that he will take care of you. He will provide for you. He will keep you. You know, that is a covenant that he has, you know, but your side of the covenant is that you shall be, he shall be your God. You make him your God. You acknowledge him. And you know, one of the things that God has set up whereby we will acknowledge him is that bring the tithe unto me. Yeah. And you say, oh, pastor, you know, I don't believe that. Well, that's what the word of God says. Yeah. You see, God does not need your money. He does not. Yeah. But God still, even, even though he does not need my money, he tests me. He says, can you bring, I give you the whole of this money. Can you bring 10% back to me? You know, and, 
uh, he tests me. He wants to see if am I making him, you know, my God, or has the money become my God? You know, has, is there any other God instead of him? Yeah. The challenger of God is always money. You know, not really the devil, but money. That is why Jesus says that you cannot serve two masters. You know, you cannot serve God and money. Yeah. And so we need to be very careful that we, we do not make money our God. It's money important? Yes. Do we need it uh, 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 to live? Yes. You know, we can't do without money. Yeah, I can't do without money. You can't do without money. We can all do without money, you know, but money should not be our God, you know, should not take the place of God. You know, God knows how to take care of us. And so he says here, I want you to continue to look up unto me as your provider. Can you bring me the 10%? That's what is God uh, saying. Can you bring me the 10%? You know, and so when I bring the 10%, I'm saying to God, every time I bring it, you know, just like in the wilderness, they had to wake up every morning to go and get money and I mean, to get a manna. You know, every time I bring the tithe, I'm saying to God, God, my dependence is upon you. I'm depending upon you. I'm relying on you. I'm depending upon your grace, not on my own ability and strength but i'm depending upon you you know that's what we are doing yeah? and because we do that god acknowledges them and god continue to take care that yes my child is depending upon me you know so we need to rely on his grace rely on him you know always so he says here that you shall Remember the Lord your God. You will remember the Lord for it is he who gives you power to make well, you know, to get well, you know, that he may confirm his covenant that he sold to your fathers as it is this day. And verse 19 says, and if you forget the Lord your God and go after these gods, other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. You know, when you do that, God says that you shall perish. Like the nations that the Lord made to perish before, you shall perish like those nations. You know, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. So God is saying that stay within my hands. You know, stay in my hands. Then you won't perish. Do my will. Then you won't perish. So as long as we serve God, you know, as long as we live for God, as long as we keep coming to church, as long as we keep encouraging other believers, we are safe. You know, we are, we are safe. My prayer is that you would serve God. Yeah, that's my prayer for you, is that you will live for God. You will serve God. My prayer is that you will live for God. My prayer is that you would be dedicated to God. You know, my prayer is that you would never ever step aside 
and away and drift away from God. You know, it pains me when I see people drifting away from God. When other things become too important and they take a place of God, it really pains me. And so I'm saying to you, brethren, you know, that let us serve God. Let us live for God. Let us be committed to God. You know, Apostle Paul met the church, the elders of the church in Ephesus, and he spoke to them, encouraged them in God. He said that some of you, you won't see my face ever again. You know, but I'm leaving you with one thing. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, this is what he says. He says, and now I commend you to God. You know, I give you, I surrender you to God. I commend you to God. I'm saying that go to God. You know, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And he says, the only thing that will keep you, the only thing that will sustain you is the Lord. The only thing that will be there for you is the Lord. And so I commend you, child of God, to serve God. I commend you to the Lord. I commend you to his way you know, that serve God, live for God, and God will bless you. God will take care of you. you know, that uh, even in these trying times ahead of us you know, and difficult situations ahead of us, what will keep you? It's serving God. It's being committed to God. So I commend you to God and his way. Let us serve God. Let us live for God. And we will see the goodness of God in our lives. Thank you for joining us during this episode. Join us next time, even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluzi. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwane.com. God richly bless you.